Yes, it is Keep Calm and Advent On in the crazy world that we are living in right now. Uh, we are hoping, truly, truly hoping uh, that you guys keep uh, your head in the game and you keep thinking as everything goes crazy i am calm i am relaxed and the reason why is because i got this shirt on no i'm just kidding that's not true uh it is because we are looking towards the coming of jesus you know god is going to make things right you know this you know this uh but in case you don't we're just here to remind you that again just keep calm advent on uh we want to welcome everybody that's joining us uh this afternoon that is jo joining us live this afternoon we understand that others may watch it later on on youtube but at least for right now, we thank you for joining us. Um, I, you know, look, I mean, we got to keep like a little streak going on. Uh, Andrew, Jason, uh, and Angie, who should probably just be a regular from this point on. I, I don't know, uh, <laughs> but but we got to keep we got to keep like a like tally here of how long is it going to be that Jessica is going to say Happy Sabbath first? Yeah, I have he, a feeling uh, that she would. Did she say Happy Sabbath first last last Sabbath? I don't remember. Okay, but I think we got to keep track of that because half of the time I just see her name up there. I think we're gonna have to do an incentive to see if other people like actually try to like dethrone her. We're gonna have to do like every month to give away a teacher. Dethrone her? <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it is her throne to be there first, I think. And but again, we thank Jessica for for obviously uh being yeah, the first she's always on spot. Yeah, absolutely. She's always there. Uh we hope honestly, Jessica, it's it's not just because we want you here first or because of a shirt or anything like that. But ultimately we hope that these conversations are a blessing. I know you've expressed that before. Ivan as well uh came in. Uh, saying happy Sabbath as well. So we want to welcome everybody. And if you are watching us live, uh, just give us a give us a shout out and uh, let us know that you are watching and uh, that you are present. And uh, and yeah, that, that uh, hopefully these conversations are are triggering your thoughts and you know making you think about uh, biblical things. That's that's the main thing. A that's stone in your I, shoe, huh? Yes, <laughs> it's, it's true. It should be like that at the end. Um, uh, Jason, Andrew, today, as you can see, we have once again my lovely wife, Angie, with us. Um, and hopefully she brings in a lot of viewers because last week that's what she did. You know? And and honestly, we have her here because we needed to have a part two of this conversation. But Angie, thank you for joining us again. Well, thank you. I think that uh, once they said I was going to get a t-shirt, I think that was the, I was committed was to it. come and do it again. <laughs> so. Now that you guys mentioned t-shirts, I am the only one without it. And that's because I ordered a polo where someone on this on this chat as well has the same polo it's just that mine hasn't came in <laughs> oh, don't worry mitchell thought he was getting a polo too <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm totally wearing a t-shirt and for those of you who know me especially at church i feel like i'm completely completely out of my my normal uh, uh normal practices here this is just weird to me wearing a t-shirt but for today hopefully we'll have a polo next week maybe yeah well i appreciate the thoughtfulness i like the t-shirt thank you guys Appreciate it. And thanks for having me today again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Angie. And uh, and again, we want to remind you that if you do want a shirt like this, just uh, uh, send us a message out on uh, Instagram and uh, let us know. And we'll definitely reach out to you. As some of you know, uh, some have already uh, received them. Andrew, do we do we have the pictures? I thought we were going to put the pictures up. We don't have those. I haven't put the pictures uh, up, but I, I'm, I'm I working actually, on I it. I posted hey. them on Instagram. Yes, okay, they are. On there Instagram. we go. They are on Instagram. So if you guys want to check those out. You know where to look, look us up on Instagram. They're there. Those are just two samples. And I think Andrew showed like three different colors on yeah. here. This, this is the problem. I, I have pictures of it, but I, I'm trying to do a more uh, professional, if you can say, 
you know, the whole, uh, what is it? The white background where white or black background. Yeah. I'll, I'm trying to do that. So I'm like, should I just put out the pictures out there or, and look like unprofessional or just, you know, I don't know. I'm, so I'm gonna work on that, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, sure. no, I hear you, but we, we do appreciate the work that you guys have been putting in with the shirts and, and everything along with that, by the way, um, we're going to try to jump into our conversation because we had a lot to talk about last week. And I know we're going to have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, there are a couple of things, though, uh, before I, I know, Andrew, you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I have a couple of comments. Uh, so uh, I come bearing uh, gifts, messages. I took I talked to brother uh, Antonio again. Nice. And nice. He, he's saying he's saying his discrimination because he tells me that he said happy Sabbath first. That is discrimination that you, Mitchell, will not allow his happy Sabbath to be counted. You know what? At the end of the day, uh, if I don't see it on the chat, I am like Thomas. I don't know if it really happened. I got to be able to put my my fingers on those hands like Jesus. Same thing. I got to see it. On he says the chat. he says, you don't he don't have a computer. All he, he, he does is so what are we going to do there? I, I, I hear that. I hear that. What I think we're going to do a call in. That's, that's right. Maybe you guys need to figure out a, a system here so people don't feel left out. You, you know we're, what? We're I think have to do like like those tv programs where they have that live texting thing text us right now to this number yeah yeah maybe you know what though i will say just so he doesn't feel as bad um you know just remind him that in the kingdom of heaven those who are first will be last and those who are last hey hey so you you say that comment now but i don't i don't know if you're gonna have that same comment after i say this next one <laughs> okay oh here we go all right what's, what's this next comment you know what i thought what i th he, he, i was talking to him he's all like you know what my gift is i'm like to rebuke i'm like what about reconciliation he's like now nah, that gives for someone else i'm like they come together you can't you can't just rebuke that's not a gift what is that no but i he, he told me he's all like he said that you mitchell that last week he, he saw that you were getting nervous and you were getting upset when angie was mentioning her previous or not relationship but mentioning <laughs> another guy uh, you know just to be clear he knew about this already he he, we have talked about this many, many times about our past relationships and how God put us together. You, so, you I mean, it's not like this was the first time he heard that story. I mean, yeah. Talking about relationships, I think that's important to be, to be able to talk about the past and like, hey, look, this is what happened. Yeah, yeah I'm just yeah. a message bearer. That's it. Sure, yeah, sure. But, <laughs> let, but to be completely fair now, and you could go look at the tape, I did say, you know, this conversation is getting me a little nervous for crying out loud. Like, I mean, I said that. All right. I didn't want to hear that anymore. OK, <laughs> anyways, maybe not in those words, but whatever. Anyways, um, I, I did want to just start off. We're going to again, uh, we're, we are going to be jumping into this conversation. Uh, but first, Andrew, you are so close, so close to holding your future oh, son man. in your hands right there. So close to holding what? To holding your future son oh, in I your know. hands. OK, so close. It's happening. And right now, Angie is with me. And you, you may ask, where are the kids? Well, right now, your wife is babysitting our kids right in, in the next room. Um, but you know what? Uh, I just want to start off by doing a special prayer. We're going to pray for obviously the conversation we're going to have. But I think, you know, we're, we're all part of family here. Uh, we definitely want to pray for you. Uh, pray especially for Jasmine who may be a week away, maybe two weeks. I don't know. Like, this is super, super close, right? Like Any moment now. Any moment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just excited about it. But obviously, in these days, we want you to, Andrew, we want you to keep calm and Advent on, okay? Uh, even there you go. Even the craziness that is childbirth. So 
uh, if it's okay, I want to pray for you yeah. and pray for this conversation. Can I can I add a, a another um, a prayer request? Actually, with all this, Brother Antonio said also, if you guys can please pray for his son. I guess uh, uh, I'm not sure if he's in the Marines in the Army, but I guess something happened in uh, in Camp Pendleton where nine mothers lost sons who drowned in a in a in a sinking tank or something like that. Oh, I didn't hear. So uh, a lot of the they're grieving a lot of the the bases and stuff. So just for his safety, for his son's safety, and for everything that's going on. I got uh, it absolutely. And do also, have... you, you know that other prayer request, Mitch. Sure. Do we have a name for um for uh, his son? Uh, I believe his name is Antonio too. Antonio. Okay, perfect. All right. So we're going to go ahead and pray. And guys, uh, again, we're going to start this conversation and we're going to pray for uh, these petitions. And we ask that wherever you're at, you bow your heads with us. Let's let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be present uh, through this, through these means and uh, be able to uh, have a conversation, a second part of this conversation. That's so important. These conversations about relationships. Uh, but Lord, today we want to ask in, in, in a very special way. Uh, we don't often do this, but um, we ask, first of all, for Andrew, for Jasmine, um, for the baby boy that is about to be born. Um, we ask that all may go well, that things may be blessed by you, and uh, that you may be the guide, whether with the doctors or the nurses or in the hospital, everything, that you may guide this process. And we hope that Andrew doesn't get nervous through all of this. And if he does, keep him calm. Um, we also ask for Antonio uh, and, and his situation out in Camp Pendleton. We ask that um, you be with all the people who are grieving as well. Unfortunately, when we live in a broken world where things like this happen, and we just ask that you be with those hearts and also protect those who could be in danger or uh, may be affected by this tragedy. Uh, and Lord, we uh, lastly ask, as we usually do, that you bless the conversation that we're going to have and uh, that everyone who is watching us as well as uh, everybody who will watch us later on, may they be blessed by the advice by the conversation that we are going to uh, to begin. So we thank you, Lord. Uh, once again, guide us with your spirit. Allow Jesus to be our focus. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Very well. Uh, so again, we want to welcome everybody that's watching us. We got Pastor Romero watching us, which is awesome. Okay, Pastor. Pastor always is watching us, but sometimes uh, it doesn't get a chance to do it live. Um, and Haley also has given us a happy Sabbath. So uh, yes, Absolutely. Remember to share this conversation with anybody else that may be watching uh, or that could be watching. Uh, and let others know that we're having this. Okay, so yoked part two. And in the words of Andrew's post, much requested part two, because <laughs> there was still a lot of things that we needed to talk about. Before we enter into this conversation, though, I want to encourage anybody who is watching us at this moment, who is watching us live. If you have a questions, uh, a question about uh, uh, relationships within the Christian context, obviously, right? Relationships, uh, finding the right person. We're going to be talking about some of these things today um, and uh, uh, what, what we should look for in a partner, what, things like that, right? What we talked about in the first conversation and what we're going to talk about here. Let us know. Let us know right now so we could try to find a way to incorporate this into our conversation because, again, uh, we definitely want to make sure that, uh, that all of you are involved in the conversation just as we are as much as possible through these means. All right, guys, um, I'm going to ask the question, and I just kind of want to hear very quickly from all of you as a way to begin this. Uh, have you ever felt lonely? And by lonely, I don't mean like alone in the middle of a street. I'm talking about alone where you needed companionship before, you know, uh, Andrew married. Obviously, we're married. 
And Jason, I'm not sure what the status is, but, you know, uh, you know, so in a relationship, obviously in a relationship, we'll put it that way. Okay. Uh, in, in a serious relationship. Um, and so have you, you're smiling, Jason, uh, like, this, <laughs> man, and now, now the chuckle, bro, is there anything you want to reveal to us? I don't know. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Totally this. All right. All right. <laughs> but anyways, have you ever felt lonely? Have you ever felt the need for someone in your life? Yes. Andrew. Never. I'm just ah. kidding. <laughs> Got you. Nah, yeah. Jason. I have to say yes. I think I think we could all say yes. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I have said yes. Now, um, we recognize that there are people who have not felt lonely because apparently there there is something. And the Bible tells us of maybe a couple of individuals who didn't have a need for that companionship. Right. And they were involved in ministry. Paul is someone who says that he's been given that gift. Right. And there are some other things that that people say about Paul whether he was married or not, but definitely when he is ministry, he says that he doesn't, he doesn't have that, that, uh, that need. But for those who do have that need, we have many challenges. Some of us have overcome some of those challenges. Some of us are still trying to overcome those challenges. And, you know, some of us are throwing up our hands and saying, man, I don't think this is going to be possible. So we want to start off with probably a simple question, but I think is a very deep, deep question. Why is it so difficult sometimes to find a partner who is godly? Okay, why is it so difficult to find someone who, who you say, hey, I, this, this person might be worth getting to know? What do you guys think? Out of your experience, what have you noticed? Um, well, I mean, I think there's a little bit of insecurity going on when, uh, when we are when we are kind of, when we're trying to find someone, you know, I, I've seen a lot of times when somebody, there's a guy that likes a girl, but it's really tough for them to approach them. You know, I, I've seen where you know, in one case, you know, the, my sisters and I, when we were, when we were much younger, we used to uh, have guys, you know, befriend us, try to get to know us. And in one instance, one of the girls, uh, I think there was this guy that liked one of the girls and, he sent her a little card, a little letter, and says, "Will you be my girlfriend?" And she was like, "What is what is this?" How old so, was this guy? How old was, was this guy? He was in his, you know, late twenties. Oh man! So I thought that was I, kindergarten I think, guys. I think there's a little. <laughs> oh man! I think I it's I hard sometimes, bad. even when you're in church and you like someone. There's a bit of if you're if you have some insecurities, you're not confident about yourself. Uh, it, it's going to be tough to meet anyone, you know. So that's that's my two cents there. Yeah. yeah what, do you, what, do, what do you guys think? Yeah. Why is it I so difficult with, to find someone who's godly? I agree with that. But I mean, like, it depends like on what aspect you're looking at this from. Is it like, um, I believe also like a big challenge would be like, if you're an ungodly person trying to find a godly person, I think I mentioned it last week as well. It's not going to happen because probably the most likely that godly person is asking for someone that is also godly. So that's, that's, that's a mix. That's just not going to happen. But uh, being, being shy is a big one. Like Angie was saying that it's tough. It really is tough when you're a shy person. Um, I mean, you, you guys could eventually ask Priscilla. I think you guys have talked to Priscilla about how we met. I was kind of shy at first that she almost like went the other way because I was shy about it. So, I mean, it's really like you have to, to when you really want to get to know someone like that, you also have to 
you have to, I guess you could say, take a risk. You have to really take a risk and like put yourself out there. You're kind of being vulnerable. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't like. They don't like feeling vulnerable or they don't like making themselves look vulnerable. And that's also a, a hurdle when it comes to relationships. Very well, Andrew, what do you, what do you think? Uh, I think it's an interesting question. Um, why is it, why is it so difficult to find a godly partner? Um, I would say, first of all, because I think godly people in general are in the minority. Hmm. Um, Ellen White has this quote here in Adventist Home where it says, love is a precious gift, which we receive from Jesus. Pure and holy affection is not a feeling, but a principle. Those who are actuated by true love are neither unreasonable nor blind. And this is what she says. There is but little real, genuine, devoted, pure love. This precious article is very rare. Passion is termed love. I think it's difficult to find a godly partner because she, I think she puts it well. It's rare. And this idea that, that love is anyone that, 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 you, that you fall in love with or they, that, that like, like she said, love is, or passion is termed love. We have this, uh, how would you say, uh, we were talking about this earlier, this, uh, um, this idea of infatu infatuation, and we mistake it for true love. And I think that that's, that's why it's so hard to actually find true love, right? And I was even talking to you guys about earlier, how now being in a relationship, and I haven't even been in a, in married that long, now in retrospect, you, you see even more how... Uh, uh, how different uh, infatuation is by from true love. And it's hard to really get a grasp of what true love is almost until you have it, if that makes sense. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm with you, Andrew. I, I think that the challenge with finding a godly person, a godly partner is finding a godly person, right? And um, um, more often than not, uh, I, I think the, the key word with all of this question or with the question that I posed was godliness. Uh, godliness, in a sense, is, uh, and, and by definition, what it means is basically to be like God. Now, none of us can be like God in the sense that God is God, right? But we're talking about his character. We're talking about his personality. Um, and I think that is the struggle of every single Christian. Would you guys agree with that? Like every single one of us struggles with godliness. Right. In, in Spanish, for many of those who are watching us and, and speak Spanish, the word that we use often is santidad. Right. And, and in fact, I remember preaching at a church once and we started talking about uh, I remember having a sermon about holiness, about godliness, right, about santidad. And I remember that after the first sermon, I was going to preach for an entire week after the first sermon. Some people did, didn't want to show up anymore because we were going to be talking about that. And that's crazy to me, right? But this is the struggle that we have as Christians. But I don't think it's impossible to find a godly person. Um, and I, I think part of the key is that um, we may think it's not going to happen, but we have to allow the spirit to work in our lives, right? And there's an example in scripture that has nothing to do with finding a partner, but I think it kind of explains how the spirit works in these circumstances. You guys remember the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. In Acts chapter eight, um, the and we look at it from the perspective of Philip, where the Spirit shows up to Philip and says, "Hey, look, there is someone. Uh, we need you to go over here." And so he gets led by the Spirit and goes and meets the Ethiopian. But imagine the Ethiopian during this this moment; he's out there in the middle of nowhere, 
right? Reading the prophet Isaiah. And he's like, how will I understand this? I know this is a special, this is special. How will I understand this? And all of a sudden, Philip shows up. You see what I'm saying? Like the spirit was working behind the scenes, but both were open to the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And I think when we put ourselves like in, in the situation of the Ethiopian, God can lead people to your life. God can lead someone to your life. The key, though, is that God must lead. And, and I think that's where the challenge is at when it comes to finding godly partners. Yeah, you guys agree with you guys agree with me on that because I, I definitely hand. I definitely agree. Um, I mean, I, I've you and Angie heard mine and Priscilla's story, and it was kind of like the same thing. We had gone through a bad relationship before. It wasn't something that was helping us main, maintain our faith. It wasn't something that was like it wasn't a godly partner that we were with before for both of us. And um, it took a while of being single, of really getting. Uh, trying to build that relationship with God and being happy by ourselves. And I, I honestly, I can honestly say it. And, I, and I'm, and I'm glad that it worked out this way that I, I honestly feel, and I, I understand that God is that led, led me and Priscilla to meet each other because it, I would have never have met her if it wouldn't have been the way it went at church, at an AY program, me preaching. None. I don't think if, if, if I wouldn't have been trying to earnestly build a relationship with God, I would have never been on that podium preaching. I would have never have been invited to that church. Um, that friend of hers would have never told her about me or told uh, me about her. But it was because of that, because I was trying to build my relationship with God. And when you put God first, like it's it, seriously, everything comes after that. It, it really does. But whether it be education, whether it be financial, whether it be in this case, relationship wise, it does come after, but you have to put God first. Yeah, putting, putting God first, I think, is extremely important when trying to find someone. And I, I wanted just to also say that I think what, what you guys said is also very important, Angie and, and, and Jason, that, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we just simply don't know how to approach people. Like there could be someone who is godly and we say, hey, I think this person may be worthwhile to know. And we don't know how to approach them. And I think that's a problem with churches often that we talk about so many other things, but we talk very little about relationship or about relation relationship formation, right? Like we don't do this as often, which is why I think we're having a part two to this conversation. Like um, at some point you got to know how, and by the way, guys, to do it in a way that does not go against the principles of God, because mm. I think you could approach someone in a very ungodly way. And that's never good for trying. Imagine trying to find somebody godly, and and doing it in an ungodly way. Uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't know what what that would look like. I, I don't think that's 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 the way that's the way I operate. I don't think that's the way you guys operate. But you know, picking up people is often the expression that is used out there, right? Uh, oh, let me go, let me go, uh, um, pick her up or whatever, or let me try to hit her up is maybe another phrase that we use. And these are things like, wait, what are we what are we talking about here? Like that doesn't sound godly. So I think there are ways of approaching people as well. Let me hit her up. Let, let me get at this. Like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, <laughs> like, what is that? Right. Uh, and, and I think, I think that that leads to also, I wanted to talk to you guys about this as well. And I want to see what you guys think about this. Is there any chance at all that the, one of the challenges of finding someone godly is that we have such high expectations that no one is godly. Who, 
Who's gonna go first? <laughs> I'm asking you guys. What no, do you guys think? That, that obviously is that obviously is also an issue. And I think that also goes back to besides not having the high expectations, it's like expecting those things that you yourself aren't doing. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a high expectation. If you aren't doing what you're asking for in a partner, I don't to me that's a high expectation. How could you expect someone to to do something if you're not doing it yourself? Wow. You know? Yeah, I think the expectation absolutely has to start with yourself, right? What, in essence, what are you willing to to give or where, where are you? And that's the hard part. Remember we were talking about last time, because if you look at it from that perspective, it seems like you'll never be ready because you're, you're in this, you're, you're setting the bar so hard. And it's not even, it's not even that the, that you're setting the, the bar high for the other person, right? I think the true mentality is setting the the bar high for yourself, putting yourself, like Jason was saying, to that expectation so that when you're at that place, then you can say, okay, now I'm ready, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you put that expectation for yourself, you know your true self. So you put that bar so high that sometimes you're like, will I ever really be able to reach that? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think that is the the way to look at it, Right. We're never going to reach that 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 bar that we set for ourselves. But as long as the uh, how would you say the priority is setting our bar high and not setting uh, our partner's bar high, then I think the priority is right. You know, Mm. put our 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 bar high. So when we reach that, then we can say, okay, I think I'm ready. As opposed to say, hey, this is what I want from a girl and like a checklist. Right. And instead, like Jason was saying, wait, hold up. Do I meet that checklist? Mm. Will I be that to that other person? Hmm. I think I think you guys hit it. I I truly believe that you got to set realistic expectations for yourself in finding that right person Uh, and being and I think when you get to a point where you know that you're you're ready for a commitment, it it's going to it's naturally going to come trying to force something to in somebody Mm. to form a relationship doesn't work either. Um, I, I have seen it and I have seen it in, in my experience and I'm sure you guys have too. I mean, you have to be able to set realistic expectations for yourself in finding that right person. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, Andrew, if you have a checklist of, you know, the perfect person you want for yourself, I don't think there is that right perfect person out there. And, and you have to be able to be realistic that the most important thing here in finding that right person is someone that has a, has the fear of God, has a good relationship with God. Because if that is the case, then slowly those, you know, when you, as you guys get to know that person, those changes will come. Those things that we may not like about that person or not. Yeah. I have a question for you guys now, now, sure. that, now that I'm thinking about something, because I mentioned we mentioned this before right so in setting that bar right for for ourselves and and and, um you know I think to myself like say for instance how would I word this um TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about it. No, no, that's fine. Think about it because I wanted to say something real quick to, to what you guys were saying. And um, I, I remember talking to someone who was telling me that they wanted to find someone who was godly and was beautiful. I was like, oh, oh I wonder. Oh, 
So you mean to tell me that someone who is godly is not beautiful? Right. And, and this, these are our, the, these are the, uh, the social expectations that we have put on beauty, that beauty is the external. And so this person was looking for someone who was given to God, but also someone who was basically perfect physique wise. What are we doing? Right. And I'm not saying that you, you won't be physically attracted to someone, but for, for sure, I think what we're trying to recommend is that you find someone who is spiritually attractive who is beautiful spiritually above all things. I think that's yeah. that that should be the first thing you should look for. I want to add, I want to add before I, I lose my thought cuz I went blank last time. No, well I want to add to that too, but the idea of if if we put this correctly, right? We can't put this as a checklist of oh this person has to reach this. The idea is that the standard is can I find someone who is seeking to have a relationship with God as much as I am? Right. And then the question becomes, well, what happens if we are in two different spiritual places? You know, one person is, you know, yeah, yes, you guys are both seeking to have a relationship with God, but spiritually you guys are in different places. What do you do then? What, what does it, what does that mean though? Can mm. I just ask, what does that mean when you say uh, two people in spiritually different places? Okay. Like, like an uh, example of that. Uh, an example Right. Someone who has a certain conviction to something that the other person has not reached that place yet of, of conviction. Right. There's a, a, a sanctification process that's going on. Right. And, and there are certain convictions you have about something mm. where another person maybe maybe in the future they might get there, but they're not at that same place spiritually mm. yet. Would that cause okay. problems? You know what I'm saying? Would yeah, that cause problems or is it just as long as I'm seeking a relationship with God and that person is seeking a relationship with God, then we're good. Yeah, what so do you guys think? Well, I think, I think that it, it, that it's, it may come into problems depending on, you know, if you're having conversation, if you have strong convictions, one person does and one person doesn't, but as long as you're willing to walk together with the Lord, it, it makes a huge difference. I think that if you, even if one maybe have uh, that you're saying big, difference in spirituality are we willing to support each other in our spiritual walk that i think is is huge mm. yeah i think oh. I, just, I just hit it spot on i think that's what it has has to do with it has to be i don't think there's a problem as long as both of them are re trying to reach the same goal if they're on that on that same route both of them are going to keep pushing each other to get to that point to get what, what, build a closer relationship with god what if one is compromising for the other person like all of a sudden this person has the the convictions are up here right and and this person hasn't reached their convictions yet and this person that's up here spiritually compromising for the person down here you know does that does that make sense yeah i'm, try yeah. I'm trying to put this in levels because sure, there's no other sure, way to sure. really explain it and I, I hate that i'm putting them in levels i'm just sure. saying it like that right yeah I, I know exactly what you're trying to what you're trying to ask and I think this goes to the question of why relationships fail sometimes, right? right? I agree. I, I think I think this is part of the conversation of that. Um, I, I, I do think, first of all, to kind of push back on your question, I don't think it's possible for two people to be at the same level spiritually mature. I don't think that's possible because I think spirituality is an individual thing. Right. Although there are right. uh, collective elements to it, there are relational elements to it. At the end, right, it, it belongs to something very intimate and private to me. I, I don't believe 
that my wife and myself are at the same levels spiritually. That does not mean, though, that I believe that she is not committed to the Lord and I am or vice versa. Right. And I and I think, you know, we, we in fact, Andrew, we had a conversation another day about this, because I think um, when it comes to what we mean of convictions or what we believe is right and what is wrong, there are places to negotiate this in a relationship. What you cannot negotiate, though, is your commitment to God, your love to God. I don't think you can negotiate right. that. And that so, the, yeah. So the question I would ask is, do both of you love God? Maybe even more than you love yourself, right? Do bo are both of you committed to God before anyone else or anything else? And I think that's that to me is the fundamental question in a relationship that would be godly. Do, I, is God first? Basically. Yes, I, and that's what I was going to add. I mean, in you have to have your personal relationship with God, and you have to put God first before the other person. God comes first, regardless. Uh, be, be, be regardless of your relationship with the person you love. It's All right, so I'll, I'll ask you guys, since you guys are the married couple here, um, how just do like you, guys... you bro, Just like you, bro. Just like you. Just like yeah, you. Yeah, no, I'm saying here on the show. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right, all right. So how, how do you guys deal, for example, I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, if something all of a sudden, hey, I'm convicted that this is not okay to do this on Sabbath, and the other person says, Hey, you know what? I think this is fine. How do you then manage that in a in a relationship? Where where how how do you what would be the spirit led way? Does does the person on the bottom say, "Hey, you know what? I'll I'll you know what do you, what do you guys do?" I want to yeah. Well, yeah. I you know this whole thing about putting them in thing like in, like in, like like in, in levels yeah. and, and that's why I didn't want to do that. But I'm I'm right. I'm saying for the sake of what we're talking about to sure. be understood. Sure. Of course, it's not that way. Yeah. Yeah. Look, let me let me let me say this, because I think that you can apply this to absolutely any other issue exactly. within the church as well, by the way. Exactly. Because you mean to tell me that at church, we don't have disagreements about how to practice faith. Right. We do. Absolutely. We do. And so, you know, uh, you get together. Oh, sorry. We get sorry. I apologize. For that. Well, he's getting excited. He's got excited there. No. Oops. Yeah. No, we, 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 no, no, you're fine. You're fine. I'm, I'm going to keep my hand to myself this way. Okay. So, um, no, we, he's we, like, we'll we, see after the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, so we, we get together, for example, in a church board meeting and we discuss these things. And I think there's prayer involved. I think there's a lot of conversation involved and we, we, we bind ourselves or, or we, we base ourselves upon scripture. And so I, I I'm, I'm with Angie on this. I, I don't think I would put someone uh, above or below, right? I, I think it's a matter of growing together to use the Southeastern California Conference uh, Sabbath School yeah. uh, model, growing together, because there are moments where we say, hey, we don't see this the exact same way, but that doesn't mean that we're at different levels spiritually. It just means we are not in agreement as to how to, how to practice the spirituality. Right. That's true. Uh, but it, what makes it easier, it, what makes it easy is that we both put God first. So when you have these conversations of disagreement, it's easier to come to an agreement because you know, you know that if you put God first, you know what's right and you know what is wrong. It's like, you know, it's almost like parenting, especially with our kids when there's in a disagreement with the way that one of us is, you know, says yes. And one of us thinks it's no, it's the same thing. We both want the best for our kids. And because of that, we are going to come to a place where we're going to agree. 
but but Andrew, but Andrew, going to the illustration that you are giving though, now let me say that I agree with you in a sense, but not when it comes to two people who are fully committed to God. I think those right. are things that they got to negotiate. Right. But there are times, Andrew, Jason, I think there are times where someone is committed to God and the other person is not. Okay. Or someone is fully committed to doing things right. And the other person is not. And that's a problem because now the most fundamental thing that a human must do is not being met by both parties. Only one of them is doing that. And at that moment, you're going to run into problems in the relationship. And that's where I would say up and down, right? This is where I would say somebody is higher in their commitment to the Lord and someone who is not. Because someone who says that, for example, church is optional and someone who says church is not optional, I think there's a problem there. And, and it's a pretty big gap. That's not like something that, hey, let's just talk it over, right? Or someone who says, I don't believe in the Sabbath. Someone who says, I do believe in the Sabbath. But what, what are we doing here? Right. So I think when it comes to that, and, and, and let me just throw this out there to you guys. This is where I think some relationships should fail. Okay? This is I, literally, this is where I think that sometimes a breakup is better. Because we keep trying to push relationships that are not going to help anyone at all. But because we are, in the words of Andrew, infatuated or, you know, we, we just feel that puppy type of love, right? And we just, I just can't live without this person, et cetera, et cetera. And we're putting aside all these other important things. We run into a problem. And I, I've many, many times I've had to sit down with young people and say, look, you got to break this up. You got to break this up because if you don't, it's going to end up pretty bad. And sometimes we, by the way, guys, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong on this. Sometimes we keep pushing relationships that should not continue. What say you guys to that? Compromise too. Mm. Yeah, I can vouch you for that. And in my last relationship, that's how it was. Um, I, I kept on trying to push for something that just wasn't going to happen. That wasn't going to work because of that, because there was those, those big time differences, those different convictions where there was levels. And, um, I was getting to the point where I was sometimes compromising for certain things where I should have never have compromised. And I mean, after, after really like, I guess you could say people talking sense into me and me praying for sense for God to give me some sense of what was going on. Um, yeah, I came to a breakup and, uh, to be honest, like, like I've told my family and I've, I've told Priscilla, I've told my friends, like, I'm happy that it ended that way because it was ending, it was getting toxic for the both of us. And it wasn't, it wasn't going to, I feel like if we were to continue that relationship, neither of us would have grown spiritually. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, because I do think that that's a problem. Um, I, I want to recognize the question that Ivan has, but I was going to <laughs> yeah, 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 we have, uh, we want to thank everybody that's joining us again and is watching us live at this moment. Uh, we, we want to encourage you that if there is a question about relationships, again, we have now uh, at this point uh, over two and a half hours on this, right? Uh, but we want to make sure that, that we hear your questions out. But Ivan asked the question, how do you know it's the right person when considering a romantic relationship or even a marriage at that point? Right. And maybe this goes to the question uh, of what kind of qualities should we be looking for that I, that tell us or things or, or signs? I don't know, whatever you guys want to put it right. That tell us, hey, this this is the right person. This is who I should be getting closer to uh, or vice versa. Right. This, this, is not, this is not the right person. What would you guys say in regards to the right person? How would we know that? I'll give a, a general quote so that we can give give it out to everyone. Mm -hmm. Melon White uh, Adventist Home. Uh, she says. 
Examine carefully to see if your married life would be happy or inharmonious and wretched. Let the questions be raised. Will this union help me heavenward? Will it increase my love for God? And will it enlarge my sphere of usefulness in this life? If these reflections present no drawback, then in the fear of God, move forward. Right. And I guess the question becomes, then, well, what does it mean to uh, uh, have someone that's going to help me heavenward? How does, what does that look like? Interesting. I yeah. think the, 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 the part that uh, got me uh, is if these reflections present no drawback, then in the fear of God, move forward. That means no drawback in someone mm-hmm. who's going to lead me heavenward. If you are second guessing, it's like, oh, well, this person helps me, uh, gets me to, helps me go to church, to Sabbath school, does this. But in this area, mm, I'm not so sure. If, oh, this person helps, you know, uh, and he helps you. But if there there has to be no, you know, uh, 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 other thought and saying, this person helps me heavenward. What do you guys heavenward. Say? Heavenward. That's a powerful word, by the way. Is. Pushing you towards heaven. Exactly. If that person doesn't have that same goal at the end. I don't think it's someone that you should aspire to have a relationship with. Like, I mean, obviously there is the dating phase. Like when you, like, I, I, I truly believe that if you're going to start dating, it's because you have the intent of marrying the person. That's honestly what it should be. If you don't, if marriage isn't something that's going to, that's on your mind with the person that you, that you want to get into a romantic relationship with, you shouldn't even get in a relationship to begin with. That, I, that, that, that's, that's what I think. You guys could probably think different, but that, I honestly believe that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be raising false hopes in somebody else if that's not what's going to, that's not what you both are working for. But in the process of working for that, if you do notice that that person isn't trying to reach heaven themselves or trying to get closer to God, or even trying to push you, if you're like failing somewhere, if they're not trying to like, to like help you get there either, I don't think it's a relationship that's going to work. Sure. Yeah. Go go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say that, I think we already talked about the one of the most important things is that person has to put God first. I remember when we were dating Mitchell, we we got to know each other. Uh-oh. <laughs> Experience Bro, moment. We're here. okay. Don't worry about it. We're fine. Uh, we used to pray <laughs> together. I, I really enjoyed him and I. We would I would wake up in the morning. We would call each other as I was going to work and. We would pray together. We would pray for each other. Uh, sometimes we would just get into profound conversations about the Bible, about what our individual convictions were. Um, and those, those, those were qualities that I wanted in somebody that I wanted to, you know, be my life partner. I wanted to share that part of my, my life with that person. So I felt like as the more we spoke about what we were convicted by our faith, that we got closer to each other. And I think those are qualities that if you are looking for someone, you need to look for that. You can find, if you can find someone that has God in, in as their primary, you know, they put God first and you can have those conversations. It really makes a difference because that, then that, that relationship naturally evolves into something more. Yeah, I, I wanted to. I wanted just to say that um, uh, I I think God fearing is a word that we need to use. Okay, and I'm going to do something, Andrew. Okay, something that I probably will never ever do again. But I'm actually going to quote an apocryphal book. 
Oh, no. This is a book that's not in the Bible. In some uh, Catholic Bibles, you'll find it, but it's found in Sirach 1924. All right. Um, and uh, uh, a Surah or a Hadid, no? No, no, no. It's Sirach, Sirach <laughs> uh, 1924, chapter 19, verse 24. Uh, and it says, look, uh, but, I, but I think the counsel is common sense. Like, I don't think there's anything necessarily crazy about this. It just says, better is a man that has less wisdom and wanteth understanding with the fear of God than he that aboundeth in understanding and trans, transgresseth the law of the Most High. Okay, let me, let me put it to you again. It's better is someone who has less wisdom and wants to gain a lot of understanding with the fear of God or, or is desiring to have more understanding with the fear of God than someone who knows a lot but willingly breaks the law of God. I think, I think that's such an important thing it's, it's because when you see someone, yeah. not, not someone who is tr like, we, we try to be better, right? Check this out on this and tell me what you guys think. Because if you guys disagree, that's fine. But let me know. Um, sometimes we see someone that is trying, truly trying to keep the law of God, but they mess up and they fail, right? Okay. But then there are those who know very clearly what the law of God is. And they still break it anyways. What does that tell you about the character of the person? And I think if you want to find out whether or not this is the right person, okay, fine. You like her. You like him. You love each other. Uh, you, you, you see yourselves forming a life together, but you're like, wait a minute. Is this the right person that God wants in my life? Well, take a look at that. I think that's, a, that's a, an incredible litmus test, right? Which is take a look at what happens when this person sees something that God says you shouldn't or should not do and then does it willingly. Not that falls and trips because we do that sometimes, right? That happens. But that basically says, look, you know what? I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Doesn't feel any guilt. Doesn't feel any, anything like that. I think those are signs. Well, I think that it's dangerous because that what that says to me is that that person is always going to put themselves first. Mm. They're not going to put the other person that they're going to have a relationship first. I mean, let's, let's, let's face it. I mean, first of all, we have our relationship with God. Then comes that, that person that you want to form a relationship. If, if you're not willing to be selfless with that person and put, and put them first and how you're going to, how are you even going to create a relationship with them? I mean, it's really hard if you, there's no, there's no humility. There won't be any understanding, no patience, not even faithfulness to that person. Sure. And, and just real quick, Andrew, before you say this, uh, and just to add on to that, imagine someone who is trying to push you to do things that are not godly. What, what does that tell you? And again, not that we, yeah. not that we, because we trip and fall and look, it happens right in a relationship. All of a sudden, man, you had premarital sex. There was a moment where you had a weakness that happens. I get it. Right. And you say, man, that probably shouldn't have happened. Okay. But imagine the person feeling no guilt at all. Or after you had the conversation, we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't have done that. And then keeps pushing it. Like those are things that say, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe there's something there. It's something you have to explore. Sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I like what you said. I, I like that analogy of a litmus test, right? I think that's perfect. I want to read, and maybe I'm the only one reading quotes here. All these quotes, too many quotes here, but no, you know what it is, bro. I have I have these quotes as well, but you're like reading all of them before I get a chance to read it. So <laughs> I'm looking at man. your screen. Just just, just go just go for it, bro. Dude, this this, this quote is so good, and because we're we've been talking about the fear of God being the core of the relationship, right? Now she writes something even more specific than just right uh, in in that same direction that I think is absolutely huge. And I think I, it was something that opened my eyes in my relationship. It says, 
It says, in all deportment of one who possess, possesses true love, the grace of God will be shown. It says, modesty, simplicity, sincerity, morality, and religion will characterize every step toward an alliance in marriage. And then look what it says. It says, those who are thus controlled will not be absorbed in each other's society at a loss of interest in the prayer meeting and the religious service. Their fervor for the truth will not die on account of the neglect of opportunities and privileges that God has graciously given to them. I think this one was huge and it was a huge uh, uh, green light for me in my relationship with Jasmine. Because I remember in previous relationships, right, or anyone that thinks this is, I guess, an indicator, right, where if you're in a relationship and all of a sudden it's just about each other's society, the whole world stops around you. Church stops. It's about what do you guys want to do first? Well, we're, you know, what is the, the, what is the uh, priority is each other, right? And right here it says that, at, that each other's society at the loss of interest in prayer meeting and religious service. Sometimes that happens in relationships where it's like, oh, I'm with this person. We make our schedule, right? But our schedule is not based around God's schedule. It's based around our own schedule. So all of a sudden you'll have a person who uh, who uh, all of a sudden who's uh, going to a prayer meeting, going to a Bible study and the other partners like, oh, don't don't go there. You know, I stay, spend time with me or almost like almost bringing them away from God, if that makes sense. And I remember this it, uh, and uh, this has happened to me in, in other relationships. Right. But when it, when, when it happened with, with Jazz, I remember she encouraged me, you know, if, if all of a sudden. Uh, uh, you know, oh, we had something to do together and I had a, a Bible study or I had a sermon or something going on. She would say, hey, you go do that. Go have that sermon. Go have that Bible study. She would encourage me not to go and say, okay, just stay with me, but in the opposite direction and point me to God. And I think that's absolutely huge. It's not just, uh, uh, you know, yes, a uh, fear of God, but someone who doesn't draw you away from the things of church, but instead pushes you towards them. I think it's a huge green light. For a, a relationship that is huge i i was gonna say that that was kind of in our our relationship too when when me and mitchell met i was singing in our singing ministry he was preaching and i don't think we ever were in a place where we said you know i don't want to pull you my way or i don't want to pull you my way hmm. we respected each other's ministry and up till now we respect each other's ministry i don't think mitchell has ever discouraged me not to sing somewhere or not to do this, you know, for church or for that. And this and vice versa. I've always encouraged him to keep moving, keep learning, keep, you know, uh, using the, 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 the talent that God has given him to preach to, to the church. And, and, and when that decision came to become a minister, a, pre, a pastor, we made that decision as a family. He always told me, what do you think? What do you think? I said, it's a huge, it's a huge step, but I supported him because I know that that is what is his calling. And that's, that's that, important. That's, that's huge. Like exactly what you're saying. And, and vice versa. I remember, you know, same thing. Like uh, she was telling, uh, Jazz would tell me like, oh, you know, I have this concert, but you're preaching at this time. And I remember I would tell her, go sing. Like, like, I'll, I'm gonna be all right. Like, I'm going to preach. Like you do what you got to do. You know, we're both serving the Lord, you know, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll have other times where we'll be able to listen to each other or whatever. But I think that is a huge green light to, to looking for some someone who doesn't draw you away to their own society or what they plan, but instead pushes you to 
to to grow and, and have a relationship with God. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell nice. missed the, our second Chloe's birth because you had to go, you had to take a class. Oh, they didn't need to know that. They did not. Need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know was, I didn't need to know that. I think us you know here what? in this conversation already knew that. But yeah, yeah, no, you know, oh, it's, it's crazy though. And and Jason, I don't don't lose what you're thinking. But but to that, uh, it was a very tough decision. Right. Because the idea was that if I did not go and finalize this class, I probably was not going to enter into ministry for another two, three years, as opposed to it being eight, nine months. And so we made a tough decision. And imagine, right, I didn't want to miss the birth of my daughter. Um, but this is where we help each other out. And, right. and, and she was like, no, you need yeah. to do this. And I got this right. And so there was encouragement from her side that kept me going. Cause when I was over there, guys, my mind was in California. Like I was in Andrews at that moment. My mind was in California and I was just, I, I couldn't focus. I, I was just asking the pastors that we were that, that, you know, my colleagues, all the other pastors that I was studying with and saying, Hey, can you guys pray for me? Uh, and when I would call her, she's like, it's okay. We got this. And then all of a sudden baby was born. She's like, get it done. And so when you find someone that's pushing you towards your goals, pushing you towards your calling, pushing you towards um, uh, the spirituality without also losing their own individuality. Right. I think that's important. It's huge. And, and Jason, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. Oh, uh, no, that's okay. Yeah, and th that's that's huge. That that really is huge. Um, even if you're not essentially like big time in ministry, but even if you're just someone that's like that's like helping out with the children's class or helping out with, uh, let's say like Pathfinders or that's helping like with those other like smaller things in church. Like, even that's important. Like, I remember one of my relationships, it got to the point where like, oh, it's because you think you're Santo Santo. Mm. That to me, that to me was a huge red flag. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. That oh, to me was man. a huge yeah. red flag. No, no. So Like, it, it, you have to be able to pick up on those things. Like, sure. like you, it, it's just not going to work. If that person isn't pushing you either, like if that person's getting mad at you because you have to preach or because... Mm you want to help with with um with a certain ministry in church and if that person gets mad at you because then you're not going to spend after saturday afternoon together yes yes or Big like red that, flag that's a red flag yes yes and 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 let me just say that that is i think it's it happens all the time by yeah. the way all the time where someone gets upset at you because you want to give some time to the lord and the person's like well you what you don't want to spend time with me and to your word andrew what happens more often than not compromise Compromise. compromise we like then one, say to the lord yeah we say to the lord you know what yeah lord i really like this person so i'm gonna put you to the side and i'm gonna focus on this instead of the other way around sorry jason no like i would understand like if, if you already made plans with that person and then it's like hey someone out of like the day before comes up to you and says hey can you do this and this and this in church and then out of the blue like depending the situation obviously you cut off those plans i would understand if the person would get a little frustrated or upset Man, but if, if they're truly godly they're they, gonna they, say yeah. you know what they'll still they'll still they'll still they'll still like that but like but like if you already had like they asked you to preach and then that person wants to make plans with you but because you have to preach that person gets upset that's what that that to me is a massive red flag well well mm -hmm. just and just just to be just to be fair here because we've had this situation happen yeah. And, and I think that there is also, just to grab your scenario, Jason, just to grab it, okay? Mm -hmm. And just say, okay, I've made plans with this other person, right? In this case, let's say I've made plans with Angie. I get a call and someone says, can you preach? And I'm a pastor, right? So I get that call. 
And then I'll go in and say, yeah, that's fine. But I didn't talk it over with, with Angie. I think that's a problem as well. That's that's more towards what I'm aiming at. That's more towards what I'm aiming at. Well, right. But what I'm saying is that then, then it it becomes a problem because I also was thinking about the other person and Mm -hmm. what other plans there are. So it's all, it's all very finely balanced, right? Like it's all, (laughs) I mean, there's there's this very delicate thing here, but, but nevertheless, if I have this conversation, I know how this conversation is going to go. She would say something like, hey, but we had plans. And I would say, right, but they invited me. What do you think about this? And we have generally a sensible conversation because this has happened many times to us. Yeah. Many times. <laughs> many times. And we've, and Look we've at Angie's this. face. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and I've made mistakes in the process. Like I've said yes before, before talking to my wife. Ooh, well, guess big what? No, no. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now this is my practice. And, and she's witness to this. When I get that invitation, and I know that I'm not clear or that it's, it's something that I can easily fulfill, right? Something that's going to conflict with something else. I say, hey, I can't answer this question for you. I got to talk to my wife first. Right. And it's not that I don't want him to preach. I mean, it's no. not that. It's just that there's has, there has to be a balance also with family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and him fulfilling his responsibilities. And so trying to just make sure that we have that balance between the two is important. And communication. But- yeah, Absolutely. yeah, correct. But but in most cases, uh, Jason, to what you were saying, though, is 100% true. You've been given the privilege to speak. By the way, this person, this is not like a life or death situation. This is something that can't be done another day or something. Right. And this person gets upset because all of a sudden now you say, hey, I, I want to do this. I, w- I want to speak the gospel. I want to do something at my church. In, in the words of Andrew, in the words of Jason, red flag. Yeah, I mean, red flag. Huge. I, I think that if the person's not going to help you grow then that is something that you should really consider. If they're not going to help you grow spiritually, Mm -hmm. then think about it. I remember, and I'm going to go back to the example I used last week with, with that guy from school. (laughs) What's his name? Because I want to, we don't, we don't need to know his name. I don't even remember his name. Honestly, I don't, it's, but I do want to, what I want to say is I remember thinking, I, I want someone that I can share my spiritual growth with that was huge for me i wanted that i wanted to have that experience i didn't want and and i and i would think about what is my life going to be five years if i if i were to marry this guy what would five years look like what would 10 years look like you know i didn't want to have a family that that where i had my kids me taking my kids to church and he and maybe Mm -hmm. him not coming to church i didn't want that for myself i mean i I wanted to be with someone that we would walk together with the Lord. And if we had children, we would walk together as a family. I would say that's a green flag, red flag. If you're not even thinking that far ahead. Right. And sometimes we, I think we get clouded. We get clouded with just the moment we are in the moment and not thinking about if we are going to date someone, are we, are we committed with that person to take the next step? I, in my personal experience, when I dated Mitchell, it was because I was looking for someone to be my life partner, not to just, you know, date for for a year or whatever. I was looking for someone a test to drive. be my life. <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Yes. Great analogy. You have a great analogy, Andrew. I by know. The way. Hey, today you're today <laughs> you're, you're on point. Today's today's on point. He's on point with his analogies. <laughs> with his analogies. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad he's not quoting Mike Tyson or something like that. What was it? Who's quoting Mike Tyson? Who was that? Was that you, Andrew? That was me. No, that was, <laughs> we keep saying that, dude. It's Jason. Anyways. Anyways, I, I, li- I like I like what uh, Jessica writes in the chat. How do you know it's the right person? And she says, when he says, you are bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. 
uh, that's when you know it's the right person. Oh, man, but, if it was that easy. <laughs> well, well but, but, but allow me to say the following, though, okay? There is something that Scripture says about the way you should love someone else, okay? And, and I'm going to quote it for you guys here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28. Paul is talking about loving your wife. And what does Paul say? He says, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And where does he get this concept from? He gets it from three, three verses before that, verse 25, where he says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Look, I think there are two principles here. First of all, you're trying to find the right person. You got to find someone who is going to love you the way Jesus loves the church. What does that mean? It's someone who the first thing that they think of when they see you is, I hope that you spend all eternity with me, regardless of whether or not there's going to be marriage in heaven or all that. Right. But the idea is that salvation is is the uh, the 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 one thing that we hope for most more than anything else. Right. That they have a relationship with God that, that leads them to salvation. That's the one thing that we hope for in our partner. If you don't want anything less than that, then what are we doing? Right. On the other hand. On the other hand, what Paul is saying in verse 28 is now look at your now look at your wife, look at your spouse, look at that potential partner, life partner, and say, Would I want to harm them? Because if I want to harm them, then there's something wrong with you. Right? The idea is would you harm yourself? Probably not. So love them as if you were loving yourself. You wouldn't harm them at all. Um, in, in fact, I, I think I think this goes to uh to uh, a question. And I and I I don't I don't know where you guys think about this, and we're getting some comments here. By the way, Gio says that he's waiting for a shirt. I saw that one. Um, he's waiting for what? He's waiting, he's waiting for, a for a shirt. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I would say, hey, just uh, send us a message on Instagram, okay, Gio? Yeah, there you go. On Insta. Yeah, but, but, but I wanted to say this as well regarding qualities of finding someone. Uh, I think also a good thing to look at are the fruits of the Spirit. Can I read that to you guys? Can I read that to you guys? Okay. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mm. Think about all those things, man. Imagine Faithfulness and self-control, man. Yeah, yeah. But imagine that. Talk though. about the problems of this world. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But imagine your relationship is about that. By the way, in here is the word long-suffering, which is another word for patience is what Angie had just said right now. Oh, how important, I want to ask you guys this, how important is patience in a relationship? Patience as in patience to get married or patience with your other, with the partner? I would say with the partner, right? I, I mean, I would even say both, but let's just start was, with the partner. Which one are we specific. doing first? Uh, with the part, with the patience, with the partner, with the development of a partner or whatever it is, right? I think it's How huge. important is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think patience is uh is the name of the game as you would say it. Yeah. Um go ahead. Go ahead. All right. No, I think it's really important <laughs> because um I mean obviously we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Obviously, when you're getting to know each other, when you're when you're um when you're already married, it's it's always gonna be a growing phase. Obviously, there's things that are red flags that we talked about already, but I mean, it's always going to be a, a growing phase and there, we all have flaws. So imagine if you're impatient with one of those flaws of your partner, mm. it's going to, it's 
they're gonna have a miserable time. I think this is what what love is. In the entire relationship, if you're not if you're not patient with that one flaw, mm-hmm. if you're always like telling them all over the place, like, "Hey, look, th- look, you did it again, you did it again, you did it again," instead of like trying to like help them out, you're just like putting it in their face, being impatient on them, like fixing it themselves and whatnot. So I think it's very very important, not just for yourself but also important for that person as well. So that they could, because once you show them patience with that certain thing, I feel like that's where they see the love that you have towards them. You mm-hmm. being, patient. I think, I think I patience is, is I huge, you know, especially when, you know, you're thinking about uh, putting the toilet down and all these different things. Like little things like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. No, but that's seriously, that's seriously. Oh, we're taking out, seriously, we're taking out the it. trash. When oh, you're there, doing, we you know, there we go. There we go. Like, the dishes, even, all that stuff. Like, Who just kitchen for that? Like washing dishes and things like that. Oh, like, man. <laughs> I, I think it, um, honestly, I, I think it, it's huge. It's, it's what love really is about. Right. If, if we were to just, uh, after every quirk or everything that irritated us and we would all of a sudden just end the relationship, I can't deal with this anymore. It's over. Then, you know, what is, you know, what is unconditional love really mean? Right. And that's what God wants Absolutely. us to practice is, is that patience and, and understanding. And, and, you know, in my relationship, I haven't even have been married for too long and I can already see, you know, my wife has grown patient to some of the some of, my, some of my things that irritate her, you know, that, that are like, oh, okay. And then, you know, uh, it's funny. It's funny that we bring this up because uh, the other day she's like, you know what? She told me, she's like, you know, you forget to put the toilet down now. You know, I used to not have to tell you. And now, <laughs> and now it's like, it reminds me, you know, it's like, there's things that she would have used to jump on me and say, hey, put the, put the, put the seat down, put the seat down. And now that we're building that relationship, there's a patience, but at the same time with that patience, you still got to throw that out. Like, Hey, you know, it's like that, you still got to work on that. Come on. Me. You know, it's that's that what another, love. yeah, there's yeah. with love. There's a, a give and take, you know, you have patience, you still throw it out there and you say, Hey, you know, we're working through this together and we're growing together. I agree. I think if you, if you love that person unconditionally, you're going to be patient with them. You're going to be, you're going to show kindness, the fruits of the spirit. You're going to show, all of those fruits because it's it's what it's what God wants from us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I would say uh, I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, right? But when Paul talks about love in First Corinthians thirteen, when he begins to define love, the very first thing he says is lo- love suffers long, which is another way of saying love is patient. Imagine that, right? The very first thing in, in trying to define love, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. The very first thing that he says is love is patient. And right. I think speaking of, of qualities that you want to find in someone, patience is a good one. Think about red flags. Someone that is impatient with you is a bad one. Um, and, and this also reminds me of, of like, uh, you know, oftentimes this is, this is just, this pops up in, in uh, secular relationships. I'm assuming even, even church relationships where a, a lot of times it's more men than women saying this, right? But more men that say this to women who will say something like, hey, you know what? If you love me, you would have sex with me, mm. right? And, and it's, a, no, I'm not ready for this. I want to wait till marriage and stuff like that. When you see things like that, that's a sign. That's a sign that there is something wrong. First of all, because it goes against a principle. But second, because this idea of pressuring someone into doing something is a satanic way of doing doing things, guys. Like literally, that is the way Satan does things. He pressures people 
into going against their will and their conscience. That's not the way the Holy Spirit works. That's not the way uh, God works, right? Uh, God is very patient with us. Um, and did, now, did you see Gio's uh, comment? Uh, yeah, he says, need, need of the Holy Spirit for marriage. Wow. No, the Amen. next one, the next one. And then he says, if there is no Jesus in the marriage, broken dishes could get you a divorce. I was actually going to point that out true. because it's true. It goes back down to, 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 to patience. And I think it's important that he starts off with, if there's no Jesus, because if there's no Jesus, there's no love. Mm. And if there's no love, there's not going to be patience. There's not going to be any of those characteristics that we mm. see with someone that we, that we would um, want some our significant other to have. Mm. So yeah, a toilet seat not being put down could lead to a divorce. <laughs> well, the, but, the, right, but the problem, yeah. The problem here with what Jesus, what Gio was saying about Jesus is that uh, we're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like no one's perfect. We're going to make mistakes. How would Jesus treat you? Oh, wait a minute. In the words of Jason, man, I'm quoting you guys like crazy today. In the words <laughs> of Jason, okay, what would Jesus do? Right now, the funny thing is we're talking about the other person, but truth be told, it has to start with us. This is what we started saying at the beginning, right? It's how about, about how we treat others more than how someone treats me. And when you're trying to find the right person, obviously both matter, but think about it, right? Think about it from your perspective and say, man, you know what? Maybe I'm the one that needs to improve in all of this. Um, uh, and, I, and I think that's important. Yeah, it's yeah, true. I, I, yeah, Go I ahead, want, want to, to see if we, we can change directions. I feel like there's so many questions that we want that I want to get into. <laughs> Look at uh, yeah, his well, head. well, before we switch, you want do, do you have something? Well, uh, I was just, that? I was just, you know, going to read, you know, a verse here in First Peter that it says, Ooh, about, the Bible coming out." <laughs> just, so you, just so you know, you know brother, just just to defend my wife here, uh, the Bible has been out. Okay, <laughs> unlike no, no, no. that Bible back there. Andrew, hey, bro, I got all my scripture right here, bro. Digital. Hey, I'm just, hey, this. I was trying to give her a compliment, man. I I felt like she was uh, like, oh, when Jesus opened the scroll from Isaiah, I I felt like that's what she was doing right now. Oh, man. All right. All right. I'm just kidding, bro. I'm just kidding. That great analogy, Andrew. Absolutely. Great analogy. I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to read a verse because I was going to add to that a lot of times. Um, you know, we have to work on ourselves. Absolutely. And it's, and going back to the setting, the realistic, uh, expectations, I think Mitchell, you said something about some, some brother mentioning he was praying for, for a godly woman and a beautiful woman, uh, something like that. But we also, when we talk about those qualities, we have to put aside, we were looking for someone with, you know, with the physical attraction, but, I like what Peter says, you know, your beauty should not come from outward, mm. outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the Preach. wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great mm. worth in God's sight. I mean, I, I don't know, but what is that saying? What does that verse t- tell you guys? Okay, but can I say something? Yeah, this is the thing with this verse. We generally tell the person and we say, look, this is what you should see as your own beauty. Right. But now I want to challenge this to everybody out there who has not found someone who is not who is not uh, who is single right, or is trying trying to get into a relationship. I think that this should be your standard of beauty first. I'm not saying that, you know, someone is ugly. Someone's ugly. Okay, you know, whatever. But what I am saying is that there are people out there who have a beautiful beautiful spirit 
but simply because our society has put a standard of beauty absolutely that that technically cannot be matched by except for by very few people right or by outer adornment and things like that that these people don't get a chance to become part of your life i see you guys ready to jump on this I'm ready. i've never seen you snap your fingers bro this is amazing it's because it's because i went like this and then i saw jason go like that so i was like i gotta go like that go ahead go ahead go ahead i want to add a principle to this what you guys are saying is absolutely true ellen white writes this and you guys some might find this controversial i don't know I've mentioned this before. I think this is huge. She says, true love is not strong, fury, impetuous passion. On the contrary, it is calm and deep in its nature. Look at what she says here. It says, it looks beyond mere externals and is attracted by qualities alone. It is wise, discriminating, and devotion is real and abiding. It says that it looks beyond mere externals and is attracted by qualities alone. It doesn't say qualities and looks. It says qualities Quality. alone. And for me, and, and what I mean, you guys may disagree with me. I believe for you to know when you're ready for a mature relationship is when you have set aside the physical and you can honestly say to yourself, don't try to do this to other someone because you know yourself best. Mm -hmm. And you can genuinely say, I am judging this person who's going to be my lifelong person, a uh, 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 partner on solely character alone, not both. Well, That's well, my opinion. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I actually have a, I have a really funny story about that. My roommate, one of one of the, one of my really good friends, um, when he was my roommate in college. Uh, I forgot what happened. It was, I think it was one of our psychology classes that we were taking. He, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys before. I know I mentioned it to Priscilla. M my roommate had made a list of the qualities that he wanted in his significant other. Nice. He had put oh, curly hair, maybe a little taller than me, a little darker skin, things like this, right? The person that he married is completely opposite. That's funny. To what was on that list. So when we were getting, when everything was going down, I went out, I went out to, um, to help him out for his wedding. I was like, hey bro, I'm not gonna mention his name to not put him on blast, but I was like, hey bro, so you remember the list? We, we started laughing because some what you want is not what, you, it's, it's, especially when it comes to things like this, is sometimes not what you need. Yeah. You don't need a person that looks like this physically. You need a person that's like this spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think make the list and make it a spiritual list, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's my whole point. Now, 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 there now, don't go. get me wrong. And Andrew, I, you may disagree with me on this, but I think that there is still a physical attraction. That, I'm not that, saying that, there's not. Hold on, hold on. Okay, good, good. Um, because that that's still biological and that's still natural, right? To humans. That being said, just because it's natural, it's not right. But yeah. no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. When Adam and Eve were created, did Adam find his spouse attractive? Yes or no? Of sure, of course. Perfect. Now, her character. How much? How no, no. How much conversation did he? How much conversation did he have with Eve? None. Okay. He knew, he knew she was perfect. No, nope. you know what he knew? You know what he knew? He knew two things. He knew that this was an equal partner to him, and he knew that it was given by God. That's what he knew, right? And that was enough for him to say, wow, wow, right? And, and my whole point is this. I don't think uh, physical beauty is, a, is, a, is, a, is bad. It can turn into something evil, okay? 
as we have seen many, many times. It can. We know this. We've seen even examples in Scripture. For those of you who do not know, Jezebel, right before her deathbed, what she did was she actually put lipstick on her lips to, seem, to be seen more attractive by Jehu, who was coming to basically kill her, okay? So we know what physical attractiveness can do. We've talked about David as well. Remember David sees Bathsheba, and by physical attractiveness alone, he goes in and he commits all these different things. What we're trying to say, and maybe I'm speaking for everybody, maybe you guys disagree with me. What we're trying to say is that that should not be the most important quality. And let me explain why very quickly in 10 seconds. If you get married to this person because you thought they were the most beautiful person in the world, but because they were physically attractive, God forbid they get into an accident, fire breaks out and burns their face. Does that mean you should not love them anymore? Physical beauty is out the window. No. Now what counts is the only thing that, that stays forever, by the way. The character of the person is the most lasting thing of anyone. But it's sad wanna... to see that, that in our society today, what is it that they put first? What is like the Physical priority? The, the looks. I, I, I want to I challenge uh, um, you, Mitch, on, on that idea that, that uh, Adam accepted what God had given him. From, uh, uh, and, and it was based on that alone. I think it's important to look at the context as well. This was an unfallen world at that time. So perfect. what God was giving to, uh, to Adam was absolutely perfect. And he knew this. That's why he was able to accept that. Now, right. fast forward how many years in an unfallen world, we can say, oh, I believe this was given to me by God and accept that based on the premise of I believe that God has given this to me in an unperfect world. In a perfect world, if God gave this Adam out Eve to you, of course, you're going to say yes, because it's perfect. There's there's no, you know, you get what I'm saying, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, just on would, that, just on I, that I, part. I would, that's just, I, I would disagree just a little bit, though. And in the sense that where is it that you say, Lord, I am in a relationship with this person and I believe this is the person that you have given to me. Like, like what, at what point sure. do we end up saying that is God speaking to us? It is true. A fallen world at any moment, there can be pitfalls. There can be moments that you that you go here and you go there. The, the issue isn't that so much. I think the issue is what is it that is convincing you that this is the person that God has given to you for your sure. life? Because I think I think we grab other qualities that sure, are sure. not what God wants you to look at. And that's where I would agree with you. Yeah. I would say, though, that um, what God does is also physically beautiful. Right. The world that he created, if you read Ellen White, when when she talks about the description of Eden, it was beautiful. By the way, I don't know if you guys know what the word Eden actually means in Hebrew. The word he, Eden means uh, pleasure. So, in other words, what God does is pleasurable, is joyful, is loving, is beautiful. Sin has messed that up, though. Yes. And now what we've done is we've confused some of those things for things that are not really those things, if that makes sense. Now that you're saying that, I think it kind of like goes into um, Gio's question. That's a good question. Is, is marriage a gift of God? What do you guys say to that? Well, you guys that are hey, married. I've been wanting to tackle this married. one for a while. I'm not so. married just yet, but you guys are married. So I think it's just right that the, that you guys answer that one. Oh, uh, Angie, is marriage a gift from God? Yes, I believe it is. I mean, you... When you marry that person that you are attracted to, that you love, it almost it's a uh, it's almost like I'm going to use an analogy: the relationship that you have with Jesus. Uh, as you grow with Jesus, 
that transforms you to become a better person. When you put that also that person first before yourself, you're growing almost in that character Christ-like, if I could make that similarity between the two. So I, it's a beautiful thing. I, I can't imagine my life without Mitchell. Uh, I can't imagine my life with the two kids that we have now. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, it's beautiful. I, I, I love being married. Hey, we haven't, we haven't slept for like four and a half years, by the way, uh, waking up almost every oh, man, single I'm not night. Forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I can tell you, we wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I would also say, um, uh, sure. Marriage is a gift, just like the Sabbath is a gift in a perfect world. <laughs> there <laughs> we go. To, go. Going to uh, uh, Andrew's analogy, but scripture does point to the fact that this may not be for everyone. Yes. Post sin. And, and I think it's important that we recognize that it, it is not a gift for everyone anymore. Now, do I think it's a gift for most people? I do. But I think there are exceptions to that. I think some people probably should not get married. Yeah, uh, I actually wanted to talk about that because that, that was one of the things I wanted to get into to last week. You know, does God want everybody to be married? Right. And you said in, in the perfect world, of course, it's a gift that we want. But is it for everybody? Right. Um, we know Paul's situation and when you talked about that earlier, whether he was married or unmarried, we can go back and forth about that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I kind of wanted to challenge this even a little bit because, right, the whole idea is if you are willing. Right. He has this verse in First Corinthians 7, uh, 32 to 38, where it says. At the end of the I won't read the whole thing, because I'll just read the end. It says, so then he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better and uh, and paul here in the context of what he's saying he's uh he's pretty much encouraging women who uh who have already been married or are virgin are virgins if they are willing if they are able to to live in an unmarried life if it is possible and another verse he actually says um he actually uh says where he talks about um he talks about him himself being a eunuch, right? And he says that there are many trials in this life and I want to spare you. This is his, what he says. He says, I would much rather you, you know, if, if it's not possible that you can't deal with your urges, get married. You're not sinning, right? But if, you, if it is possible, do not remarry, right? Because a person in this life, he says, is divided between his, his uh, this world and and the plans of God, right? And that's insane. When you're married, you're worried about your your wife, your family, and you're divided between your family and God. You have to create a balance. When you're not married, you can give all your time a hundred percent to God. He says, if you are willing, and obviously, uh, uh, Paul does this. But I have another question because there are three types of eunuchs that the Bible points out. There's a eunuch who is made a eunuch who you become a eunuch by your own free will. There was the eunuch in which back in the days, it doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. I hope where people were castrated and they were, they, those people worked in this as servants or, or in certain, uh, certain places. And then there's another eunuch, which is neither of those, but could have been through illness, could be made eunuch through a disability. And I would say, is it possible to want to be married, to want that companionship, but at the same time, God has not made that for you? Is that possible? And how do we deal with that? 
to be honest, I think right now when you said the disability, I think that. No, I'm saying not non-disability. Obviously, if it's a disability and you can't, you know, obviously those are the limitations. But is it possible that there are eunuchs out there who or people who want to be married, who want a companion, but God has not meant it for you to be with someone else? He has meant it for you to be. Yeah. Well, what is it? What do you guys think? Yeah, it's 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 a tough question, by the way. Uh, Jason, I don't know if you have an answer. I have. I, I don't uh, think I have an answer, but I don't think I. Sure. Could, could be wrong. Could be right. But I mean, if that's something that that God made that would bring joy to a human, and that's something that you want to experience, and you feel like it's something that you need, I honestly don't think that God would hold you back from that. Mm. I think if 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 you're, if you're, if the, the plan for your life for God was for you to be a eunuch, for, for you to be like Paul from the get go, you, that, that's not something that you would look forward to. You wouldn't look forward primarily to like focus a lot on having a family, getting married. That wouldn't be your primary focus. I'm not saying you wouldn't have thought about it, but that wouldn't be your focus. Like, I honestly don't think Paul's focus was even while he was in the Sanhedrin and all that, I don't think his focus was getting married. I don't think that's where it was on his mind all the time, like having a family. I think I challenge, was, challenge this, challenge this. What would we say, right? And this might be kind of off topic to the side, but to a homosexual person who has given their life to God, who would still want to have a relationship and has that struggle, what advice would you give to someone like that who wants a relationship, but at the same time, Maybe they were, can we say, made eunuchs through sin, through all these different things. Is it possible? What do you guys sure. think? I, I, th I think, uh, look, I think, um, th and that, that brings up, it does open up a can of worms, by the way, for another conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for That's sure, different. let's say the following. Um, marriage is not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. It's not. Okay, let's, let's just agree with that. Yeah. Right? It is not the will of God for us to be married. In scripture, it is the will of God for us to be holy. I can't say that any other way. Like, I think, I think that is, that is the point. God wants us to be more like Jesus, to be sanctified every single day. If that means not being married, then that means not being married. Now, companionship is a whole different issue because I do not believe, I, I mean, I believe what scripture says when it says that it's not good for man to be alone, right? Which means that we all need companionship, whether we need marriage that's that's a whole different conversation because look, I think there's a downside at churches. Um, a lot of times we'll look at someone who's single and we look at them as if they're like, like there's something wrong with them. No, there's not something wrong with them. It's just may just not happen. It may not have happened yet, but companionship, we can't leave these people alone. And I would say the same thing with someone who's dealing with same sex attraction, right? Uh, we believe the standard of scripture. And sometimes we look at it and we say, it's very unfair. Wow. You mean that they can't get married or something like that? Well, the, the whole point of scripture is for you to be holy at the end of the day. And God takes care of everything else, but we cannot leave you alone in the process. And that's, I think, where a lot of churches and faith communities have made a mistake, where they look at someone who may be dealing with same sex, sex attraction, and because we don't agree with that attraction, we push them away. And now not only are they alone, uh, I, I met someone who had said to me, look, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. I struggle with this and I've made the decision never to marry, to be faithful to God. I'm like, wow. But you know what happens? Someone else finds out at church. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh my goodness, stay away from him or stay away from her. 
now what have we done? We have pushed someone to an extreme that God never wanted people to be. And I think that's, that's where the issue is at. It is not good for humans to be alone. We have been made to be in relationships, in, re, in, in relational companionship with other people. That is what the church is ultimately. It is people who are called out together, together. Yeah, I think there are people that may want to be just live by themselves and just have that relationship with God. Just like there are, you know, people that are married, couples that don't want to have kids. They prefer to have just be them themselves. And then you have those couples that struggle to have children. So I kind of see that. I kind of see that almost kind of on the same mm, line mm. with people that want and long for that uh, companionship and can't seem to find one to. And and, and that's what I was going to head to next, I guess. I think you brought up a great point, uh, Mitch. And I think that there are advantages and disadvantages, of course, to both sides, right? One side, uh, uh, you can give your whole life to God, right? And then on the other side, uh, Ellen White actually talks about uh, in, in being married, there is another level of, uh, how would you say, unselfishness that, that you could never achieve in being on your own, right? And of course, you were, you were talking about a companionship, not, you know, not marriage, and, and that's something that's essential as well. But I, I wanted to ask you guys and, and, and see what you guys thought on this, because what do you say to someone like, okay, uh, putting aside the homosexual uh, uh, um, illustration, Example, yeah. is someone who maybe 30... 30 plus years old and they haven't met someone and they want to meet someone. Yeah. They want to have a partner. Is it possible that, that, that it's just not meant for, for them to, uh, that, that God doesn't have someone for them, or maybe it's meant for them to, to give their life to ministry or, 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 you know what I'm saying? Is it just because we want something because we want to be married that, that God is going to give it to us or what, what do you guys think? Like, yeah. Uh, it's a tough and- question, but. It is a tough question. Uh, I've had this question before asked to me, right? Hey, I want to find someone, but I haven't found anyone yet. What do I do? Um, And first of all, we're not God, right? So we can't go in and tell them, well, it's because God doesn't want anybody in your life. Like that'd be, that'd be so brutal guys. Hey, Hey, by the way, just so you know, the reason you're, you're single is because God doesn't want anybody in your life. That, that would be, that would be really tough. Uh, Obviously it's a possibility. But I, I think that um, there are a number of things that, that we have to say. First of all, is that we have to encourage. I think this is the first thing. I'll let you guys imp- uh, put your input into what you think this is uh, should happen. But I think the first thing is I have to encourage someone to be led by the Spirit. Because remember that spiritual life is a tug of war between what we want to do and what God wants to do in our life. And the goal of our spiritual lives is to give up what we want to do and let God do what he wants to do in our life. That would be the first thing I'd say. There are more things I'd say, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. Uh, I think that's uh, absolutely true. And I kind of want to get in, get, uh, wanted to get into that a little bit, you know, um, there are many, and it's, and it's so hard. It's such a hard question, not because it's hard to answer, but because you have to realize that you're answering a person and not a question. So it's easy for us to stand on the other side and say, oh, well, Paul said my grace is sufficient. Oh, well, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Sure. All those things are, be, are true. And, 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 and I would stand by those things. And it's just so hard because you have to look to someone across you know, the, the other side and say, well, have we come to a place 
and this is where I would stand to a place where we can, can we accept that God doesn't have someone for me and that the rest of my life, I would give it to him. Can, can we accept that? Right. And, and I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but you know, can, can we accept a place like that and say, you know what, maybe God has this plan for me. And I don't think that's an easy place to settle in by no means, you know, but uh, you know, and, and, and another thing I kind of want to add after, you know, I know Angie wants to say something, you know, in looking for someone like say you're you're all you know can you church hop can or can you be out there you know looking for someone what do you you know what do you guys think well honestly personally i think that we that god has someone for everyone i i i come from that mind thinking i i do feel that god has someone for everyone even if maybe you're 30 i mean i've seen People that are 60s and, and 70s mm-hmm. getting married, but, um, but 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 we're excluding the people who are eunuchs, right? Who have who have, in other words, the people like Paul who said that they had no need for a spouse. Obviously, you're excluding those people. I'm, yeah, you're because talking, they've come to a about, place. I'm talking about yeah, people that have because that have Andrew need, said that, that have a need that, need that long right. for that companionship. So you or, think there has to be someone for them? Like there can't be a place where there there can't. Yeah, I, I I truly believe that there is someone out there for those people that long that companionship. I think there's someone out there for them. I just think that uh, their time hasn't come or they have high expectations. You know, I, like maybe may, we've talked about this from the very beginning. Maybe it's it's something that they are. There's just too much. I don't know. I just yeah. I don't know if I'm expl- I, I don't know if I can explain I, it, but I do feel that every person that has that long. I mean, look, look at Sarah and Abraham. They longed for a child and it took years. And but God gave them that gift of of having a son. So I think that if we have that for people that long for a relationship and, ha- and longing for someone to to form a, a, a bond with God, God has them. I just I don't know. I can't. I don't know why maybe it's not at our timing. It's just probably God has his timing for things like that yeah. for certain and, people. And for me, I, I mean, I would, I would obviously, well, for me, I, I would disagree. I obviously, well, for me, I would, I think it would be possible that someone can be a eunuch, right? It says that so, three types of eunuchs, one of them being someone who didn't want to be a eunuch, someone who actually, it could be, you know, if we are, you know, translating this to modern times it is i think that biblically from from that verse that it is possible for someone not to have someone and want someone at the same time you know you don't think someone who's disabled wants a relationship with someone else you don't think someone who has an illness or or maybe their age wants someone of course the yearning is there but is it i mean to me from from when the bible says you know i feel like can i can I say something though? Because the text that you pointed to is probably one of the most difficult texts to translate yeah. from from the Greek, and actually, scholars don't really even know specifically if that means for a husband or someone who is trying to find sure, someone, sure. or is it talking about a father to 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 a daughter who is not yeah. married yet? So, so it is very difficult. But I understand what you're saying. Um, I I think that at the end, you cannot give up on trying to find someone. Sure. I'm I'm going I'm going I would not to, say that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and because you do not know, right? Because you do not know, I don't think you go up and you throw your hands and say, you know what? Well, fine. 
I'm just right. never going to find right. anyone. Yeah. You know, At I the same someone. time, you cannot make it an idol and say, I right. need to get married. I have to be married. I need yeah. to find someone to be fulfilled because and, God is the one that fulfills yeah. you. Right. Marriage, right. But, yeah. and, you know what I'm saying? I, and, and once it yes. comes to a place of an idol, if it be an idol, then of course, that's a whole nother. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But there is also a thing as a need. Right. And it, not necessarily an idol, but something as a need where someone literally says, because I, I know I felt that personally where I said, look, I'm I'm lonely. I need someone in my life. Now, let me just say this real quick, because I think it's important. You mentioned the whole idea of church hopping. I don't believe in church hopping, just so you guys know. Um, I, I don't believe in Adventist tourism, all right, which is, you know, you go from one church to another. Adventist road trips where you go from one church to another church to another church. I don't believe in that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not against someone going in and saying, you know what, uh, you know, at my church, there isn't anyone for me. And so I'm going to move to another church. I don't have a problem with that. Sure. I have a problem when all you're doing is just going from one church exactly. to another church to another church that becomes a problem. But we sometimes see going to another church as a sin. It's like, oh my goodness, you went to another church. You're moving to another church. Why? Well, cause there's no one here for me. Oh, what's wrong with you? No, I don't think that's wrong. But I do think that it's something like any other step in life. This is what we would encourage. You also have to go in and ask God for direction. If God is not leading you to another church, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It's just not going to work out. And so if you can't find someone at church, open up to others for sure. But you got to make sure God is leading you. Yeah. Because if all it is is just I'm going in, you walk in, because I've seen this. I've seen this with guys. Okay, walk into a church, look around, sit around. They're looking around and they don't see anybody. Onto the next church. They never show up again. I, I, that's nonsense to me. Yeah, I, and, I and I would, I would like to me, I would even take it a step further. I would be even against someone going to another church with the sole the sole purpose of I'm just finding. That. And and to me, I was all right here. Ellen White says, "Love is not unreasonable; is not blind. It is pure and holy. But the passion of the natural heart is another thing altogether. While pure love will take God into all its plans." And will be perfect in harmony with the spirit of God. Passion will be headstrong, rash, unreasonable, defiant of all restraint, and will make the object of its choice an idol. Right? When we sure, Andrew, 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 hold on, hold on. But let me, but let me, let me just, let me just say something here with what you just read right now. You mean to tell me then that if all of a sudden I'm praying to the Lord and saying, Lord, I know there's no one for me here. I'm going to move to this church. And I'm doing this step in faith because the, the, the quote that you just read talks about putting the love of God in all yes, my plans. Sure. Of course. So is that bad? No, if God, if God is leading you and you know that okay. God is leading you, sure. Okay. But if okay. you say, oh, well, God is leading me and you're just out there trying to, I, I don't know that God is leading that. And I, to me, <laughs> uh, uh, my, well, my perspective is, you, you know, if you are making that your, your priority, your priority is wrong. Can you go to other churches? Sure. You're going to make friends, you know, uh, you're going to do, you're going to do all that. Maybe you'll find someone, but when you have that as your sole priority, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And, and just going with, uh, Jason was saying, uh, in his relationship, I had this, something similar as well. You know, it wasn't until I came to a place right through all my other bad relationships where I said, you know what, I'm not looking for anyone till I actually found someone. And I'm not saying this is the standard for everyone, you know, but I'm saying that that's what happened with me. Hmm. No, I not just it's... that. Like, I mean, well, if we're going to talk about our, our, our own individual situations, like with me, like I didn't have to go church hopping. Yeah. At my church, I didn't see anybody that was there for me, you know, but um, the person, like you guys know, like the person I ended up finding was actually like three hours away. It just so happened that it worked out, but it, it, like, 
when I honestly feel like Angie says that God has a, someone for everybody. And if it's meant, if it's, if God, if you let yourself be guided by God, that meeting is going to take place. You meeting that other individual, it's going to take place. And I, I can honestly say I'm an example of that. Um, I, I tried as best as I, I always try as best as I can to have God guide things and look where I am now. Um, if I, I, like I tell Priscilla, like I, I go to Mexicali all the time. We have family out there, but never would I have met her if I would, my purpose was to go out there to the Colexco area and all that, or El Central area to find someone. Yeah. I would have never have met her if that was my purpose. Yeah. It was, in fact, it wasn't even at my church or at her church that we met each other. It was somewhere completely different at another church. But it happens, and that, like I, like I'm saying, I, I honestly believe that there is someone for everyone. You just have to let God guide things, and I think I that's that, that's something that we struggle with letting God guide things because we always we we have that human aspect in us still, and mm-hmm. we're we're always going to be imperfect. And letting God guide things sometimes is tough for us because He's going to make us do things that we don't want to do. And that, that sometimes even means in our own character flaws. Sometimes we don't find someone because it has to do with our character flaws. And if we're not letting God change our character flaw, we're not going to find that someone, even though God is like telling, dude, there's someone right there for you. You just got to change this little thing. And because of that little thing, we think that we're never, we, that there's no one meant for us. Yeah. I think it's, it's really, sometimes we get impatient we just want to find someone and and start having that companionship and mm-hmm. let's go. And honestly, I I can't stress enough the importance of prayer. Mm-hmm. Praying for that person that you're looking for is really really important and I can attest that with my in my personal life when I was looking for someone, I prayed about it. I prayed out, I prayed when I felt that need for for that companionship, I prayed about it. I would I would fall on my knees and I said, Lord, I need someone in my life. Hmm. And I, I, I know that the moment when we, when me, Mitchell and I met, it wasn't, wow, love, lo- at, first love at first sight. It was not, uh, you know, we chatted, should have been, should have been, we chatted just for kidding. a little bit. Totally <laughs> we chatted for a little bit and then we, we went off our separate ways, school and all that. But when we met that first time, I wasn't looking for someone. It was that when I, after like two years after I was ready for a relationship and I was looking for someone and I started praying about it. And I asked the Lord, who is that person that I'm going to be with? Bring, bring help. Give me a sign. Give me something. And remember that guy in the beginning of the nope, thing. Okay. I do not know. I, 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 I'm going to share this real quick. I, he, the guy was talking to me and I was remember. I, I can't remember. That's not important, Andrew. Wait, wait, you have like 30 seconds. I have 30 seconds. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't rush me, please. So I said, They're gonna cut us off. so I said, you know, I, we need, I need someone in my life. And if this guy is not for me, close that door and open the other door that needs to happen in my life. And guess what? That when I prayed, like that guy stopped calling me because he would call that me. That door shut, stopped. closed. It huh? closed real fast. It broke. And I didn't call him. I, for whatever reason that door closed and so then i started talking to mitchell a mitchell came into the picture and that's how we ended up you know that knob was gone yeah but you know what's right you know what's so funny (laughs) open the door it it was so funny when like a year later or months later i can't remember the guy calls me up and he says hey um you know i want to have a relationship with your wanted to pick it up from where we 
last and I said, it's done. Bye. But what happened, what I found she out shut about the door that time. I, I what happened there were the lines still going from the other door. This guy, this Andrew, let me finish. Andrew. <laughs> so the reason why he had stopped calling me and I know it was God's intervention. He had gone to a party. And remember, I said that he would change for me that he said that. Well, he had gone to a party and he got drunk and he had gone some girl pregnant at the party. And so in, in, in time span, prayer is important. If we are seeking for someone, prayer is important. And I can't stress enough that if we want to find someone that is, that is for us, God is going to put that person in our lives when we're ready at his time. Sure. We have to be patient about that too, because we can't expect to the person to appear at our front door, you know, tomorrow or the next day, we have to work on ourselves to be closer to God and trust in the Lord that that person that he has for us is going to come to our lives one point or another. Right. Guys, we're running, guys, running we, out of time. Yeah. We got to, we got to wrap it up. Actually, we got to wrap it up now. Like I, I have no choice here. I can't give so, a, quote. we can't ask one more question, bro. We, we, got to wrap it up i kid you not it is 5 51 all right thank they, they you gotta, guys they got to use the channel and i andrew you have 10 seconds 10 seconds no i wanted to ask the question can you kiss can you hold hands what is oh, the bro. extent of a relationship what can i get away with people say i think we should do a q a on our instagram oh, because there's also another question by ivan that i think is kind of we got to touch on the marriage yeah i understand yeah. that um, look, we got to wrap it up, man. Those are, those are powerful questions, Andrew, but we can't do them anymore because we ran out of time. Okay. But that's a I'll good tell thing. You, short I mean, Q and A's for Instagram. I was trying to yeah. get these questions out. <laughs> hey, well, bro. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do, man? We, we talk a lot here. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we do. Anyways, I talk a lot. You're right. Yeah. 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 I said, and I interrupt. Hi, Andy. I said, I said, said we, but it, but, but, it, but if okay, it, you it, said it, if, yeah, if I, I, I knew it was on your mind. That's what you wanted to say. Hey, I said we, but if the shoe fits, you know what I mean? Anyways, hey, um, I already know. No, 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 bro. I talk a lot too. Okay. We got to wrap it up. Yoked part two. That's what it was. Thank you guys for having yes. me here. Thank you, Angie, for being with thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone who was with us. I know this was long. Ivan is talking about part three because we haven't answered his question. Obviously he's going to want part three. I know, right? So, um, but, uh, we do have to, we do have to keep considering everything that we've talked about, put it in prayer, let the Lord guide you. Um, and again, we hope that this conversation was a blessing. Uh, Andrew, why don't you lead us in prayer, man? Just to finalize some things. Let's, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and heavenly father, Lord, we just want to ask once again, that you would continue to be with us, uh, the rest of the Sabbath, Lord, Lord, we know we're going through, uh, some of these difficult questions and we may vary on, on opinions and, 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 we have different ideas and Lord, ultimately, Lord, you know what you have for us. You know what you have in store. And ultimately, if we rely on you, put you first, Lord, you will put everything into place, Lord. And, and Lord, we just ask that um, with all these questions that we have, that the unanswered questions, Lord, that um, uh, you would help us to continue to seek and search, Lord, and search your scriptures far and wide, Lord, and that you would be the one that will, that would lead us in finding that person. If it is, meant for us to find someone and if it's not lord that you would give us that strength and power lord we just ask that you would be with us uh throughout these uh the rest of the sabbath lord and just continue to bless this uh ministry and everyone that's listening I ask this in your name i pray amen. amen 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 by the way we got some people yelling part three 
give the teens what they want. Give us what we want. Give the teens what they want. <laughs> yeah, look at that. <laughs> I hear you, Ivan. I hear you. Well, look. Hey, we're, man. We're I think we're. Hey, I think it's give the teen uh, a singular. Give the teen what they want. <laughs> no, I, I hey, I hey if we get enough people, then then, then we're gonna have to. Uh, maybe, maybe, perhaps. But we'll see. Uh, I, I think we got something in store for you guys that, that will kind of go along that line. And we'll, we'll see what, what we do uh, for next time. But keep praying for us. We're going to keep praying for you. Uh, we thank you for joining our conversation. And we want to remind you that even when trying to find a partner, don't go crazy on these things. Like, literally, don't. All right? We have an advice for you when it comes to entering into a relationship or trying to figure out if it's the right person. You know, you start getting panicky. You start getting all these things. Hey, five words for you. Keep calm and Advent on. You know what it is already. We hope that you keep living that and we pray that God's going to keep blessing you through that message. We'll see you next week, four o'clock. God bless. See you soon. Have a Sabbath, guys.